Shall we pray? Our Father, as we come to you, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for this opera together. Pray that you will guide us as we look into your word, that we can be blessed and encouraged and strengthened in the word and in our spiritual journey for the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of the message tonight is Expect Delays, and I think the text verse goes well with what we just heard. The trial of your faith. And a lot of these songs that were written in the past 500 plus years are because of trials. And these trials, it says, are much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire might be found the praise and the glory, the appearing of Jesus Christ. So, I don't know what comes to your mind when you drive down the road and you see the sign, expect delays. Some years ago, uh, we as a family, an extended family, would go to Pennsylvania for some appointments on health issues and things and so one time we were there and they said uh, and I was having some dental issues and they said there's a specialist over in another town about 20 minutes from here and he 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 would have good advice for you so the next time up we had a delay and we were late getting to the first office and the receptionist said, you're in trouble. Because she said that dad does not tolerate people that are late. He has no time for them. And I had never been there before. And it was, a, it was before the days of GPS and you had to follow directions the old way. And she said, let me tell you something. She said that a young man had an appointment over at that dental office and he served on the rescue squad and that he was late, delayed getting to his appointment over there and he was helping a man that was dying and I didn't cut any ice with the dentist. So she so you're in trouble. I said, I said, well, couldn't you at least call over there and tell them I'm late and I'm on the way? She says, I can, but it's not going to do any good. So do you know how I felt when I left there to head over there? I was already, I was going to be 20 minutes late. I'd never been there before and I was trying to find my way. So as I traveled over there, I was praying, as you can And that was the number one issue when I got to the receptionist, was to explain to her why I was late. She said, well, don't worry about it. That's okay. Well, I wasn't so sure with all the admonition I'd gotten before. And I wasn't, still wasn't convinced. Well, it was nice. She was okay with it. So when I, 
got into the dentist's presence, that was the first thing. I said, listen, I'm sorry. And he just kind of chuckled and said, well, don't worry about it. I know you a long distance away. I, I just don't worry about it. I'm okay with it. Oh, wow. How, how didn't God answered the prayers? So, as we travel in our vehicles, we don't like to see that sign, expect delays. And we're usually on a schedule that we don't have extra time. We're uptight and we're frustrated. And a lot of times we're on an appointment. But you know, we need to remember in our spiritual journey in life, as well as our physical journey on the roads, we, uh, God knows all things, and he can take care of us. And did you know we can experience delays in our spiritual journey? And that's what trials and temptations are that we face. As our text verse said, that the trial of your faith there are delays on our spiritual journey. And we need to be alert to these situations that come into our lives, that they be opportunities to become stronger rather than and devastated. So I want to look at six road signs that you're probably familiar with this evening. The first one, of course, is expect delays. And you know, when I'm on the interstate or on a trip, I'd rather not see that sign. The second one is drive with caution. How, do you, how are you supposed to do that? Drive with caution. Well, it's telling you to be aware there's going to be some things up ahead. The third one is the yield sign. And I'm thinking that tonight is yielding to, yielding not to temptation. The fourth one, watch out for detours. Isn't that a good one when you're in a hurry? Because detours automatically imply that it's going to be longer. Some detours are mandatory, like when the bridge is out, and some are optional. The fifth one, have you ever seen that one recently? Zero tolerance. You know, the next number of miles, it's zero tolerance. And the sixth one I want to look at is be prepared to stop. You know, we need to be aware physically as we operate on the roads and the same is true with the word of God. There's cautions and warnings as we travel the pathway of life. So for our first passage are one, six to nine. Turn with me to First Peter one, six to nine, and this is where our next our text verse comes from. First Peter one six Wherein ye re greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if needs be, 
Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. And this is our verse, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now that ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And so in our text verse, it talks about trials. Another way we could think about that is trouble. And uh, there are a number, the Bible commentaries listed a number of, of words you could use instead of trials. It says, troubles, troubles serve a purpose. Do you like that? Troubles serve a purpose. And we don't like that because delays keeps us from, from our schedule and our goals. Whether it, I don't know if some of you old timers here remember that or not, but let's see, 81 was built in 1966, I believe, here through Harrisonburg. So in 1969 and 70, the state police would set up a roadblocks on 81. And at that time, my father had a business of artificial insemination, and I would be on the road quite a bit. And like days like, I remember one afternoon, what, two or three o'clock, I had 12 or 13 farms I needed to visit. I didn't have time for delays. So on 81, here's the roadblock. And the police had two questions for you, and I don't know the reasons, but they would stop you, and they said, on this trip that you're currently on, on this little route that you're on, or wherever you're driving, where did it originate from? They wanted to know where you started from. And so if I'd been on the road, I would say, well, I was up at a farm in Bridgewater. Okay. They said, then where are you going? And I might say, well, I'm going to a farm over McGockysville. That was a favorite. Well, but that was a delay. And sometimes we don't know why we're delayed in our spiritual journey as well. But, it, but according to God in the scriptures, it serves a purpose. Trouble also brings distress. Trouble comes in various forms. And trouble should not diminish the Christian's journey. And when a believer comes through a trial trusting the Lord... <clears throat> He is assured that his faith is genuine. So remember that. When you come through a trial, a delay, or trouble, and you're still strong in your faith in the Lord, that is assurance that your faith is genuine. 
And as this scripture tells us in verse 7, that the test will purify us so we're ready for the Lord's return. Now, we serve as chaplains with CAM, and one time we was down in Louisiana after a hurricane, and this woman was telling us that the water and the hurricane was raging around her house. And she said her roof was leaking. And she said the, the water was roaring down the road, and her yard was level over to her front door. And she said it filled up, and the water was moving toward her front door. And, and, and she just cried out to God. She, she had enough of trials and issues with her roof leaking over the house, but when she said if that were her house, she would lose everything. And she peeked around the corner out of her garage, and the wall of water was about halfway over when she was crying out to God, and she said immediately, the winds changed, and that water went right back away into the road again. And you see, that was strengthening to her faith, and, and my faith as well, as I listened to her tell the, that story. And verse 8 talks about here in our passage, it will bring honor and glory to our God that our lives have been purified. And if we're faithful in the delays, it says there in verse 9, we will receive salvation to our souls. Okay, we're still thinking about the sign that we see delays. Here's a good question to ask yourself. Do you have time to be a good Samaritan? Do you? Did you ever think about that, that in the story of the Good Samaritan, that the priest, the Levite, and the Good Samaritan were traveling? They were on a journey. They didn't see the sign, expect delays. Do we have time to be a Good Samaritan? That's a, that's a challenge for us to ponder. I had a good example of that one time. I was helping somebody move, and they, we were moving like 20 miles from his old house to his new place. And we had a bunch of pickup trucks running up and down the road. And on one trip back, I saw this man that we were helping beside the road, helping somebody that was broke down. I said, well, he don't have time to do that. He's gotta keep the rest of us busy. But he took time for that, and that was a challenge. Now turn, while we're in 1 Peter, let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, there's a few verses here. <clears throat> Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery dark, I'm sorry, the fiery trials, which is to try you though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice as much to be partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. For if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, and the spirit of God, glory and of God rests upon you. And there are 
part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, as an evil thief or evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. But if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, for the, let him glorify God on his behalf. So we need to view our journey in life, whether we're on the highway or whether we're thinking about the spiritual uh, obstacles that come in our spiritual perspective. Nothing happens accidentally from God's perspective but believe that it was designed for the believers testing purging and cleansing and remember that delays benefit us as we if we respond properly verse 13 talks about it suffering for Christ's sake and once some few years ago or a year or two ago, I was talking to a missionary that was here on furlough, and I knew that he he was suffered a lot of reverses in the country he was in and in the mission he was working with. He had all kinds of, of and I felt sorry for him, and I told him so. And do you know what his response was? He said, "Yes, I I'm, I'm aware that." We had all these negative things happen, but he said, I was comforted by the fact that that was a confirmation that I was in God's will. Isn't that something? He viewed all these reverses and things that, that God was telling him, as this verse says, talking about being partakers of Christ's suffering, that these trials were a way of telling him that God was working through his ministry and in his life for the benefit of others. Now let's move on to, to the second one, second road sign. Uh, what do you think about that one? Driving with caution. It, uh, there's apparently dangers ahead, and, and you might have seen this sign as well. This is, a, this is an area, the next number of miles is an area of aggressive drivers. Have you seen that one? And so that would automatically indicate, you know, you need to drive with caution. Turn to Job 23, thinking about suffering and trials. Turn to Job chapter 23. I'd like to read a few verses from there, but before I read 23, let's think about Job earlier. And in Job 22, prior to this, of course, Eliphaz is railing upon Job. Is not thy wickedness great, and thy iniquities are endless? And Job had come through all these fierce trials. He lost his possessions, children. He suffered from painful boils. His friends were accusing him of being loaded with sin. 
And in verse 9 of chapter 23, he's finding, trying to find God, what's the cause. And in all these trials, he raises the question, will God plead against me with his great power? And Job answers, no, he would put strength in me. And Job's faith is tremendous here. So let's just read some verses here in Job 23. He says, even today, Job, verse 2, 23, 2, even today is my complaint bitter and my stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him and that I might even come to his seat. And sometimes that's the way we feel when we're facing trials and, and situations. And so Job is laying out the plan here. He says, I would order my cause before him and fill my, my mouth with arguments. And I would know the words which thou would answer me and understand that he would say unto me, Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. And whereas the righteous may dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. And so Job goes on to say that, Behold, I go forward, but he is not here, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I can't find him, he hideth self on the right hand and that I cannot see him and so I don't think we are surprised at all that Job raised questions like this because he lost all of his possessions he suffered and you know we hear criticism of his friends that came to encourage him but they were so taken back and shocked and they, they hardly even recognized him. He was in such a bad way. And they didn't say anything to him for seven days. And guess who the first one was that spoke? It was Job. He was the first one. He talked to his friends. And these three verses following here in chapter 23, I think are significant. I wonder if they aren't the core verses, the core testimony that Job held on to. In verse 10 of chapter 23 that we're in right now, it says, But he knoweth the way that I take. Even though Job had all these questions, he says, He knows the way that I have taken. And why, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. How did he know that? That is a tremendous faith that he had. And so when we have delays, whether it's out on the road or whether it's in our spiritual journey, can we have that confidence that when God is done with us, we shall come forth as gold? Now Job had a part in this in verse 11. It says that my foot hath held his steps, his ways have I kept and not declined. See, Job, Job had a determination. Uh, it didn't matter what came, he was going to hold on to truth and righteousness. And the reason he could do that is in the next verse, 
He says, I have not gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And, you know, I was calling that driving with caution. Even though Job had a lot of things that would distract him. And we have a lot of things in our day to distract us on the road and in our spiritual journey. But if we can hang on to those precepts that Job have, then we will be successful. The third thing is yield not to temptation. And we can look at Jesus' example. If you want to turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. It says that... Uh, let's see. Verse 1 says that Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was tempted 40 days of the devil, and those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered, and the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that thou will be made bread. Did you ever think about it, that the devil does not tempt you to do things you can't do? See, Jesus could have turned those stones into bread, but you and I can't. The devil's not going to tempt you to turn stones into bread, I don't think. And that, that should be an encouragement to us. It's impossible to be tempted to do things that we can't do. But notice what Jesus answered. He said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of the mouth of God. Verse 5, it says, The devil takes him up into a high mountain. And we were there this summer, and we saw that high mountain. It was called the Mountain of Temptation. And it was a barren mountain. It was a bleak place. There was no vegetation. It was just barren. But it said it showed him all the kingdoms of the world and so on. And, and, and Jesus, through all these temptations, kept coming back and said, Thou shalt not, you shall worship God and serve him only, and thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And Peter, in our in our verse, talks about trials. It talks about that we might, at the end of the verse, praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Do you see what it says here on, in the end of this passage that we're looking at about temptation? It says that the devil ended all the temptation and he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee 
and went throughout, the fame of him went throughout all region round about. And I think somewhere it says that angels came and ministered unto him in the passage from Matthew, that the angels ministered unto him. And I want to encourage us that the same can happen to us, that God will minister to us at, when we come through periods of suffering in various ways. And he, he may send other people to encourage you, or he may direct you to scripture that will encourage you, or he can just have God's Holy Spirit that's already dwelling within you to strengthen and comfort you and to give peace of mind. You know, in Matthew it says they ministered unto him. And when God sends someone to minister to you, whether it's through the word or through his spirit, he, it's going to do a, he will do a good job. He will do a complete job, and you'll find peace and satisfaction in that. Let's move on to the fourth one. Watch out for detours. Or it may say detours up ahead. Turn to Acts 22. Acts 22:5-16. I like to avoid the optional detours when I'm on the road because that automatically says you're going to take a longer time and if and you so you either take a chance of being stopped if you keep on the same road and they're, so it's implying if you take this detour you won't be slowed down but it's a longer way around but if you go straight ahead, you may be stopped or you may not be stopped. But Acts 22, of course, is the account of Paul. In verse 5, it says, Also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the elders that so I received letters unto the brethren, went to Damascus and bringing them bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And so here you have Paul's testimony. He was full speed ahead to go gather persecuted Christians and to bring them to task. And it came to pass that I made my journey and came nigh to Damascus about noonday and suddenly there was a, a light shone down from heaven round about me and he fell to the ground and so on and I won't read all that but <clears throat> this was the detour for Paul he, he got stopped in what he was doing and he had to make changes you know there's times we're on a mission and God would have us take a detour and I want to encourage us that, you know, Paul thought he was in, in almighty God's will when he was out in his zeal to persecute and punish Christians. But God stopped him and turned him around on another mission. 
And, and, and I'm not saying we're like Paul was in his original zeal, but sometimes we feel God leading us in a certain direction or a certain job or a certain cause. And then it seems like God is telling us, you know, we need to do something else. And we need to be sensitive to that. I guess in my own experience, I had a detour. You know, my wife and I, we were married and we were farming. And in 1986, my banker said that that's the best year you ever had on the farm. And that was the same year Christian Light asked me to go to work for them. And so we prayed about it. We considered it. You know, we enjoyed being on the farm and raising the children there and all that, being at home. So I told Christian Light, no. 1986. And it seemed like from that day forth, all of our farming entities started slipping. Whether it was the markets or, or what have you, everything started sliding. And maybe I was hard-headed, but it took three years for God to get to me that I needed to detour. I need to make a change. And so in 1989, three years later, I went to Christian Light and I said, okay, here I am. They said, we don't need you anymore. I said, well, okay. But about two weeks later, I got a phone call and said, we do need you. And I've been there ever since. Sometimes God asks us to do a detour. Let's move on to the next one. Number five, zero tolerance. What do you think about zero tolerance? Well, to me, a simple explanation of that is that the, if you get outside of the limits or the prescribed behavior on that section of road, there will be no tolerance for you. In fact, some of those say fines are doubled. Isn't that nice? Fines are doubled. They want to reinforce that there is zero tolerance. Hebrews, uh, if you want to turn to there, a verse or two from Hebrews. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That is zero tolerance. If you don't follow peace and holiness, with all men, you will not see God. And if you don't see God, you're going to be eternally punished. That's what zero tolerance means. 
And on the road, the police officer will have no tolerance for you. You will be punished whatever the just fine or in certain cases it's it's in it it's they put you in prison if you get too wild in a zero tolerance zone thinking about zero tolerance revelation 20 15 it says whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is zero tolerance. If your name is not in the book of life, you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. There is no negotiation. There's no bargain. There's no uh, blaming others. If your name is not in the book of life, there's zero tolerance. Now let's move on to the last one. Be prepared to stop. Do you like that one when you're going down the road and you're in a hurry? Be prepared to stop. And you know it could be around maybe a blind curve. James. Turn to the book of James, chapter 4. You know, when we see that sign on the highway, we should uh, be, a, be on high alert. Be prepared to stop. It doesn't say whether you need to be prepared to stop in five miles, 10 miles or 20 miles, but it just say on this section of road, you need to be prepared. And I'm not sure what all that means, but be prepared to stop. You know, when you look up on GPS and you plan a certain trip and it tells you how many miles, I mean, how much time, how many hours and how many minutes, and maybe it would figure in if you have to stop, I don't think it generally figures in when you, if, to be prepared to stop. Here in James, he says, verse 13, James 4, Go ye now today, tomorrow we shall go into such a city, continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what will be on the morrow. What is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth and shall vanish away. For you ought to say, if, if the Lord will, we shall live and we shall do this or that. You know, our life's going to come to the end. And we might be on the highway when that happens. We don't know. Are we prepared to stop? You know, about a year and a half ago, I had a seizure and I was out for 20 hours. And do you know that five minutes before I had that seizure, I was on the road in the company van. Now, what if I'd have had that seizure on the road? I probably wouldn't be here. But God allowed me to get off the road 
He allowed me to come in the presence of a first aid team member at Christian Light, and I collapsed right in front of him. A few months later, I was talking, happened to talk to one of the firemen that was on the scene, that he came. He got the call. He said, you certainly look a lot better now than you did that day. But one day, we're going to all stop. And it doesn't matter where we're at, whether we're on the road or at home. And James says, don't get too confident. Don't get too big in your plans. Because we need to say, if the Lord will, we will live and we will do this or that. And you know, just like the other, what was it, a couple weeks ago or within the past month, there was a, a, an issue up here on 81 and it was traffic stopped because there was a vehicle on fire. But those kind of situations, you, you don't see a sign for that until after the fact. So let's... Let's close and, and let's think. Delays can be a blessing. So if you reflect on the delays of this past year, let's go forward into the new year and let's realize that God knows this delay that you're coming up on. And you just pray to God that he will show you what he has for you in this delay. And that you can come out of that delay stronger, more at peace, and, and positive. And, you know, we could, we could go on and talk about the, the delays that we experience. And that, but how... You know, I was talking to a bishop recently, and he was telling me, it was in another state, and he was telling me how frustrated, in his former job, how frustrated he would get when he was moving um, oversized loads. And he'd get into these small towns and the, the antics that the people would do. Like, they would shoot in between him and the pilot car. All kinds of stuff. Well, God knows that. God allows that. But if we respond like Job did and do not let our foot slip and esteem God's word more than unnecessary food, I believe we'll come out as Job. May God bless you.